Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hi there. Welcome to Stand Out, growing your organizing and productivity business. I'm Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. Whether you're currently in business or thinking about starting a business, I want you to ask yourself right now, do you have real world marketing strategies in place? On the show so far, we've talked about email marketing, we've talked about social media from YouTube to Instagram, but one thing we've yet to talk about is speaking. We all want more leads, better prospects. We want to be considered the go-to experts in our industry. We want to expand our reach and revenue, and we can do that, apparently, with the power of speaking. Today's guest is going to help us understand how we can use speaking to our advantage. Whether you're not yet working for yourself, or if you're a new entrepreneur, or an experienced paid speaker, because I know NAPO has plenty of experienced paid speakers. David Newman is the author of the Amazon number one bestseller, Do It Marketing, 77 Instant Action Ideas to Boost Sales, Maximize Profits, and Crush Your Competition. David works with executives and entrepreneurs who want to position themselves as thought leaders and generate more leads, better prospects, and bigger sales. David's background overlaps three key areas. First, David has worked inside organizations as the client. He has also worked as a speaker and consultant himself for Fortune 500 companies. And finally, he's helped over 500 speakers authors, consultants, and experts raise their game and deliver their highest value. David has also been privileged to serve in leadership positions at some of the top associations of thinkers, writers, and speakers, including the National Speakers Association and American Society of Training and Development. As a speaker himself, in addition to having presented over 600 corporate programs since 1992, David has had the privilege to present over 40 programs all across the U.S. and Canada. Bottom line is, this episode is going to be good. I also learned a few things about David while combing his home on the web. Uh, He can't get enough of pizza and hot sauce. He's currently obsessed with angry birds, and he's a wimp about hangnails, bats, sports, and seafood David, welcome to our show. Hey, Sarah. It's great to be here. Well, guys, the show is over. That was the introduction. And now on to the next episode. Oh, you're not getting off that easy. We have so much to learn from you. Awesome. So well, much. Thank you for those kind words. And yeah. uh, it's great to be here in Napo Nation. That's right. You are speaking to hundreds, thousands of professional organizers and productivity specialists who are you know, just excited to grow their business to stand out, hence the name of the podcast, and make a difference in their community and be the go-to experts 
in our field. And, you know, we've talked about email marketing. We've talked about obviously social media, but I'm really interested to get your take on how speaking could be a part of our marketing package, if you will. Yes, so could you take us back, start us out? How did you get to where you are today? Have you always been um, in marketing and have you always used speaking as part of your, your marketing package? So I started my professional career as an internal consultant, speaker, trainer back in 1992. And, uh, you know, just did a lot of training and seminars and three-day, four-day, five-day programs, did some internal consulting. I worked for big technology companies like Microsoft, big professional services firms like the HR consulting firm Towers Perrin. And uh, January 1st, 2002, went out on my own thinking, how hard can this be? I know how to speak, I know how to train, I know how to coach and consult, let me go out and do this as an entrepreneur. And Sarah, as you know, and as our listeners know, doing the work ain't as easy as getting the work. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you go out as an entrepreneur, you might be an organizer, you might be a speaker, you might be baking cupcakes, but job number one is sales. Sales, marketing, business development. So the first three years of my business, we're a complete train wreck. And I mean like complete <laughs> train wreck. Uh, so I'm not look, alone. Great. Yeah, not, not good. <laughs> I look back, I cringe. I had, no, I had no clue what it took to get clients. I had no clue about building an email list or a following or establishing my thought leadership platform or you know, anything. So what I did is what I knew. And what I knew is I knew how to speak. I knew how to give seminars. And I started doing that. I kind of almost backed into it saying, well, nothing else seems to be working. Let me rent a room down at the chamber. Let me send out you know, an email to my friends and friends of friends. And this was before social media, this was before Facebook, this was before Twitter. You know, we had right. LinkedIn, but LinkedIn was like for job seekers and recruiters, and that was about it. And uh, so I took every ounce of my energy, and I filled up a room, and I remember this very, very clearly, January, February, March, 2002. Uh, from that, from those initial lead generating speaking engagements, and we'll talk about lead generating speaking versus fee paid speaking here in a moment, I got my first client. And back then I was a generalist. I was doing every topic under the sun. I was doing leadership, sales, marketing, hiring, firing, boat building, basket weaving. So <laughs> a, a, a small real estate um, broker comes up to me on the break and says, David, do you do a time management program? And I said, yeah, sure, I can, yeah, no, I definitely do a time management program, meaning go to the library, get a time management book, read the book, tomorrow here's your program. I was a total book report speaker. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. And I got paid $900 for a half-day workshop in March of 2002, and I was like, okay, I'm in business. Now, imagine making $900 after three months. That's not good. The average there is $300 a month. <laughs> right. So let me just tell you, it was bad at the beginning. Going with the mantra of we always teach what we ourselves need to learn the most. I said, man, I got to figure this out. I got to figure out this marketing, uh, business development, getting clients thing. Eventually, by the end of that three-year period where I was hitting every brick wall and every dead end in my business, I said, okay, it's time to get serious. I dropped everything else. I always enjoyed the marketing and sales stuff because I was fascinated by it. I had no idea what the heck was going on with it. So I started to master it and I dropped everything else and I put out my shingle and I said, okay, 
I am 100% focused now on marketing, sales, business growth. That's it. No more leadership, no more customer service, no more team building, no more time management, none of those things. And that's when things started to turn around. And it was still slow going. You know, most organizers, most entrepreneurs, they know that, you know, you don't just snap your fingers, then magically overnight, there's your business. But things started to get better. I started to have $5,000 months instead of $300 months. I started to have six and seven and $8,000 months and then up and up and up from there. So it was a gradual process. Uh, I am pleased and proud to say that ever since 2009, every single year since then, I've had a multiple six-figure business. So there was some growth there. Um, last year, we actually broke through the seven-figure mark. So trust me, guys, if you're listening to this, you're like, I have no idea how to make money. If, if we're running a seven-figure business today and we came from this total hot mess back at the beginning, and of course, this is what I teach and preach to our speakers and consultants and experts now, is you don't need to wait 15 years to get this right. dialed in. You can start doing the smart stuff right on day one and save yourself a whole bunch of time and a whole bunch of frustration. Yeah. And it sounds to me like when you got focused, like, like, like really focused, that's when you saw change. Did you oh my know gosh. to do that? How did you figure that it was well, focusing? And this also is a perfect slam dunk for organizers. And my soundbite on this is generalists die on price and experts win on value. So if you can niche down, if you can focus, you know, the, I, I do seminars. And I've got a PowerPoint slide that says it's a catering truck. And on the side of the catering truck, it says specializing in private and corporate catering. Now think about that. What else is there? All there is in the universe, it's either private catering or it's corporate catering. What that means is we don't specialize, right? Yeah. But what a, what a great image, like specializing in everything. You can't specialize in everything, folks. You got to narrow. You know, if you want to go deep, you have to go narrow. That's another soundbite. If you want to go deep and you want to get clients who love you, who repeat, who refer, who recommend, you cannot do the traditional spray and pray marketing any warm body with a check. I'll do any kind of organizing, anytime, anywhere, any company, any individual, any fee. You can't do that. You have to put guardrails around your business. And one of the first guardrails, the easiest guardrail really, is you get to decide and define your niche. You get to decide and define your target market. You get to decide and define the packaging and the pricing uh, and the business model and the service model and the revenue model that makes sense for your business and that is gonna have a much greater likelihood of getting, to your, getting you to your financial goal. So a lot of people say, oh man, I'd love to be a six-figure organizer. I'd love to make 100 or 200 or $300,000 a year. You say, okay, well, that's, that's great. How are you gonna do that? And then you get the deer in the headlights. Oh yeah. Right, I call this price times quantity equals total. So let's say that you want to have a $200,000 business. There's many ways to do that. You can sell 200 $1,000 packages. You can sell 20 $10,000 packages. Those two are very different businesses just right there, right? Yes. So figure out what it is that you want to sell, how much per month, and this is, think of it as a graph, think of it as the intersection of how busy do you want to be and how much money do you want to make. And then do this very simple third grade math, price times quantity equals total. And that's how I coach my speakers and my consultants. That's what I would advise any organizer 
to figure out because it's really hard to hit a target that you cannot see. If you're like, I want to make six figures. How? I don't know. For, for who? I don't know. How many? I don't know. How much? I don't know. You don't want to have that kind of I don't know business. You want to say, here's my goal. I want three $5,000 contracts. I want two individual packages at $1,000. And I want two of those a month. I want three of those a month. You do the math and you will hit that number. Not only does it make it possible, it makes it almost inevitable. Ah, I love that. It's such a tangible thing that people right now could go home, write these things down, do that math, put it on their wall and make it a goal for themselves. I know my listeners are going to ask you this question though, if they were here right now. We have a lot of people who have yet to start their business or they're new. And in, or, in the world of organizing and productivity, we actually have a lot of generalists because they haven't found what niche they should get into. Right. What would you say to our newbies who right now are kind of like, I'll do whatever just to get experience. How, I mean, how long should they do that for? When should they, should they just pick a, a niche? Because there are plenty to pick from. What, what, do you, what would you say to them? Yeah, well, so, you know, this, th there is a big myth out there with any sort of professional service, whether you're a consultant, whether you're an organizer, whether you're a speaker, whether you're a coach, whether you're anything. Uh, and the myth is that there's a supply and demand curve, that it is easier to get a $100 client than it is to get a $1,000 client. Okay. And that is completely not true. So when they say, should I just take the low fee, no fee stuff? I'll tell you a quick story about this, Sarah. I had a client who was up in Buffalo, New York. Very, very smart consultant, very smart speaker. She said, David, man, these clients are killing me. All I'm getting is these $200 and $300 gigs. They want me to speak at the ladies auxiliary. They want me to speak at the church basement. They want me to speak over at the hospital. And uh, all they have is two, $300. And this client's name was Nancy. And I said, listen, Nancy, I get it that, you know, all that you're coming across is these two or $300 gigs, but that's not the problem. The problem is that you're taking them. <laughs> the problem is that you're taking them. So here's another mantra. If they don't have your fee, they are not your prospect, right? right? What's the definition of a prospect for a smart organizer? Someone who's got the need, someone who's got the desire, and someone who's got the budget. So mm -hmm. obviously, they, they, want, they have a need, right? And a lot of people have the need, but they don't want to fix it. Right. I'm not going to show you the pile on my desk over here right behind the computer. Um, <laughs> but by the way, I've hired some organizers, and it's been a game changer. It's been a game changer in my business. And it's, it, by the way, for any folks listening that might not be an organizer, find one, hire one, do it ASAP. It will change your life. It will change your business. Yeah. Uh, and I mean that 100% sincerely. It's huge. There's only one little mail pile in my office now. It used to be a total disaster with piles everywhere. <laughs> so, but here's the other mantra, right? Need, want, budget. Here's another thing to think about. We never let our client's budget determine our fee. When they say, well, you know, they only had 150 bucks, so I guess I'll do my $500 package for 150 bucks. Why would you do that? No, 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 no. When you, when you walk into a BMW dealership and you only have a Toyota budget, do those BMWs suddenly get cheaper? They do not. Now, let's go to the BMW salesperson's mindset. 
are they going to try and, you know, bargain and negotiate and try oh, and sell yeah. the BMW for $18,000? No, probably the bumper on the BMW costs $18,000. But I'll tell you what the BMW sales team is focused on day in, day out. They're like a dog on a bone. They're not worried about the Toyota prospects coming in the door. They are focused on finding their next BMW customer. So if you raise your sights, right, this is about your fee elevation and escalation strategy, stop dealing with broke people. Stop putting up with broke people. So please make a bumper sticker, make a sign in your office, put this up somewhere where you can see it every day. If they don't have my fee, they are not my prospect. I'm obsessed with that. I, that was worth the price of admission right there. So There it is, mic drop. Oh, so good. Okay. Well, and I, I promise, uh, listeners, we're going to get to this whole speaking thing, but I have one other thing I want to bring this up. This is more important than the speaking I mean, nonsense. Come on. People have to make money. You could be here with me for probably a couple hours, but I won't do that to you. But before we move to the speaking part, okay, like I said, I went to your website and I often go, I always go to our guests' website and learn more about them, but your website? I mean, I was there for a very long time. <laughs> so if you go near Google Analytics, I'm sure I'll be the one who was there for a few hours um, because you have so much. And then, so, okay, we've talked about this before, but I don't know that all of our listeners have bought this yet, where it's okay to give away what we know. And I think you will back me up on this because in exchange for my email address, you sent me your manifesto. Listeners, this is not a one or two page, like, you know, top 10. No, no. Go to his website and download his manifesto. It is, what is it? 32 pages, I think. 35 it's pages. Big. It's That's a huge. lot going on. And not only is it big, it's not full of fluff. I mean, I showed my husband who I'm in business with and I was like, this, this is great. Like I, there are so many things I could do right now. So anyway, can you talk to us about that? Why you decided to give us such a robust, amazing piece of your brain for me to sure. always have forever and for always. Sure. And, and thank you for those kind words, by the way, Sarah. So everything on the doitmarketing.com website is there for a very specific reason. It's whether we do business or not, I want to help people. I want to serve my tribe, serve my audience, whether they pay me a dime ever or not. So uh, in the Do It Marketing book, and there is a book which yes. has even more crazy nonsense in it. But there's a section in the book where I talk about happy meal marketing. And what you're talking about relates directly to this. The people that buy from us, so you're organizing clients. They get a beautiful seven-course meal, white tablecloth, silverware, three different wine glasses. It's a fantastic experience when they do business with you. Even people that come to your website or experience your marketing or get your newsletter, though, they get a happy meal. They get a happy meal. Now, it's not as big and not as gorgeous and not as fancy and not as expensive as the seven-course white tablecloth, three-wine-glass dinner, but here's the idea, guys. Nobody leaves hungry. Nobody leaves hungry. The more that you give away, the more your expertise rises. The more that you're generous, the more that you're useful, the more that you're helpful. So I do hope people go to check out doitmarketing.com. Go on a spree, go on a shopping spree for $0. <laughs> yeah. Look at the web training, download the manifesto, get the cheat sheets, grab the videos, grab the eBooks, grab whatever is helpful to you. And at some point down the line, because people are smart. Here's the other thing. 
that I think most organizers know in their heart. Uh, your clients and your prospects, they're smart. You start writing articles, you start putting out a top-notch newsletter, you start doing Facebook Lives, they know something is for sale. They know that you're in business. They know that you're not running a nonprofit organization or a charity. <laughs> so, you know, give people the credit. Give people the credit for saying, okay, these are some pretty, pretty smart cookies that are in my audience, that are in my prospect base. Let me serve them. Let me help them. And then when they have the need or when they have the urgency or when something arises where I can be helpful to them, they will raise their hand. They will come back to you. In fact, you will be the only organizer that they come back to because you've been of such good service to them before any money changed hands. And so let's, let's review this then. Let's not do business with the broke people, but let's give away what we know on an evergreen platform like our home on the web, all of the goodies we have to offer. Let's be super helpful. Right. And now it's even easier than ever. I mean, you know, people can make YouTube videos, they can make Facebook lives, you can embed that video, download that video, repurpose that video, take the Facebook live, put it on YouTube, put some comments and some search engine optimization juice behind it. You can then transcribe that. If you have a podcast, you can strip out the audio and make the audio version of that video into your podcast. So the distribution methods now today are easy. Mm -hmm. It's getting people to flip on the camera, flip on the microphone, open up the laptop, start writing, start sharing, start giving away all the you know, secret sauce, and then the right people will come to you. Here's another soundbite that I just came across recently that I think will reassure people if they're nervous about this. Mm -hmm. A recipe does not make a chef. You know, this is why all these gourmet restaurants all around the world, they publish cookbooks. They're not concerned, oh my gosh, we're giving away the recipe. It's all printed in the cookbook. No one's ever going to come to the restaurant now. Well, you know what? It takes some skill, doesn't it, to make that recipe? Sure it does. Takes some, <laughs> it takes some experience and it takes some expertise. You can give me a checklist. This office is not getting any neater, folks. This is not getting any neater <laughs> until you know my person comes back in, starts tapping her feet and goes, nope, throw that away. Get that out of here. When's the last time you used that? File this. Ah! Okay. And you know, I, that's what I'm paying for. I'm not paying for the information. I'm paying for the implementation and that's what um, your clients are looking for. Yes. Okay, good. I'm, I'm buying into this finally, but I just want to make sure our listeners really are because so many say, but, but if I give it away, then they won't hire me. It's like, you know, you can go to the gym, but are you really going to push yourself as hard as you would if you you had a trainer there next to you. You know, here's the deal. If every <laughs> diet book worked, we would all be incredibly thin and svelte. If every mm -hmm. money book worked, money management, right? We'd all be zillionaires. Uh, the reason there's a diet book industry is because you can have 10,000 diet books and not lose any weight. You can read them all and not lose any weight. Uh, you can read 10,000 money books and you're still, you know, $50,000 in credit card debt. So it's not the information. It is the transformation that you create in your clients' lives and your clients' businesses that they're paying for. I love that. Okay. We're going to dive into the speaking portion of this episode, but we're going to take a very quick break to hear a fantastic message from Nepo. The National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals is proud to offer Napo University's live webinars. These webinars are offered several times each year. Many of Napo University's courses are also available on demand, 
which enables students to purchase them and then watch or listen at any time. We have more than 140 courses ranging from starting an organizing business to productivity chain assessment and everything in between. Visit napo.net to learn more. All right, listeners, I am back and I am here with David Newman. We've talked about marketing and marketing practices, giving it away, doing business because you love helping people, but just stop doing business with those people who can't afford you. Now we're going to talk about a new aspect of marketing that we, well, not, it's not new, but it's new to us here on the podcast, but it's speaking. Okay, David, I guess my biggest question is when as business owners, are we ready to become speakers? Do we need to have years and years and years of experience before we can do that? So I love this question because I've got the world's simplest answer. People often say to me, well, David, you know, you're a big time speaker and you've got your certified speaking professional designation and all this fancy stuff going on. You know, I'm not ready. I'm not a, I've never even stepped on a stage. I I say, okay, stop. You only need two things ever to be a successful, engaging, fun speaker. Number one is expertise. Do you have some expertise that some target audience somewhere would love to hear, is dying to hear, is hungry for, and can you actually help them move the needle on a result that's important to them? So do you have expertise? Oh, yeah. No, I got a ton of expertise. Great. Do you love your topic? Do you have enthusiasm for your expertise? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I could talk about this all day long. Great. That's the recipe, folks. That's it. Expertise around a specific subject matter and enthusiasm for sharing it. And people say, oh, well, David, I'm not like you. Here's the other other thing, Sarah, that I hear a lot. I'm not like you. I don't have this big personality and this loud voice. I said, listen, enthusiasm comes in a thousand different flavors. You can be very quiet and very enthusiastic and very passionate about your topic. You can be funny. You cannot be funny. You can be high energy. You can be low energy. You know, there's this concept in speaking about the, uh, the dynamic speaker like me who's in your face and comes through the microphone and comes through the camera versus the magnetic speaker. The magnetic speaker pulls people in because of their stillness, because of their certainty, because of their, their magnetism. It's like turning on a big electromagnet. Like think about someone who speaks fairly quietly and they sort of make you lean in to listen to what they're saying. So this is not about being big or exciting and high energy and you know always being on at 110%. That's my flavor of enthusiasm. But like I said, there's a thousand different ways to express that enthusiasm. And really, you wouldn't even have to express it at all but you have to have it on the inside because audiences will pick up on that right away. They will immediately pick up on your enthusiasm and your connection to that subject matter and why it's important to you and your passion around it and your expertise in it. So you just have to be connected to your enthusiasm. Don't worry, they'll connect with it organically. That's all you need to get started. So you're saying, essentially, you do you. If you, you are you. who you are, you do you. you're ready you now. What you do, there you go. You're ready now. Everything. Okay. So- Everything is sitting, everything that you need to be a successful speaker or a successful organizer who speaks is sitting in your chair right now. You don't need to have years of training and go to some crazy $20,000 speaking boot camp or hire a speech coach or none of that. You don't need, you can do that, of course, if you start to get into the craft of it, but is that necessary? Absolutely not. 
Okay. So then if I'm buying into all of this, I'm interested, how do I get started? The best way to start is to find a, and this is what I did back in 2002. I found some local groups, some local chapter based associations where my topic was a fit. And again, I would have gone further faster if I had had that niche dialed in. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Instead of doing everything for everyone, anytime, anywhere, that's how I did my lead generating speaking. And that led to, guess what? All kinds of different work, some of which I probably shouldn't have done. But once you have the answer to two key questions, number one, what problems do I solve? Number two, what people do I serve? That's it. If you're clear on those two and you go and you find local targeted groups of those people, the beauty of a speaking strategy, Sarah, is it is essentially one-to-many prospecting. And I'll tell you just a very quick story. This was, again, 10, 12 years ago. I spoke to a group of 12 consultants, and consultants and speakers and experts are my target market, as we talked about. But there's only 12 of them in this room. And that morning, I said to myself, I would be silly if I didn't offer them something after my talk that they could invest in. Hmm. So I put together this like $3,000 package and uh, it was one-on-one. It was some other resources that I had. Um, and I said, okay, well, let's, let's see if we get any nibbles on this. Long story short, I went and did a quote-unquote free speech. At the end of that free speech, I had three people sign up for the $3,000 program. So was that really a free speech or was that a $9,000 day? It was a $9,000 day. So, and you don't always necessarily have to sell something or pitch something. I invite people to a conversation. I say, listen, we had a great time here today. If you'd like my personal help in operationalizing two or three of the ideas that we talked about, I'd love to hop on the phone for 20 minutes and give you some of those ideas specific to your company, specific to your situation, specific to what you came here to get today. And I will literally, I'll do it with a text response thing, or I'll do it with an email opt-in, or I used to do it old school on the back of the business card. I'd say, write free 20 on the back of your business card for a free 20-minute consultation. And that was kind of the sales-free zone. At the end of that 20-minute consultation, Here's the magic talk track. I hope you guys are taking notes. If you're in the car, pull over. Pull over. <laughs> Napo podcast is about to get real here. Free 20 on the back of the card or someone opted in or someone did a text to email response, right? Uh, whatever it is, before you leave that room, make sure to commit them to some sort of appointment with you. At the end of the appointment, you say, Brenda, there's two different kinds of folks that sign up for these consultation calls. The first kind of person just wants the free advice, insights, and information, and that's perfectly fine. The second kind of person, of course, they also want the free insights, advice, and information, but they're also test driving what a working relationship with me might feel like. Which camp do you find yourself in? And when you ask that magic question at the end of a free 20-minute call after you've done a free speech anywhere in your community, You'll be amazed at what people tell you. You would think, oh, everyone's going to be in group one. Nope. Here's what happens. If you're of good service to them on that initial free call, 50% of them will say, nope, just wanted the free information, really enjoyed your program, thanks so much. So half go bye-bye. 
30%, and this number surprised me when I started doing it, but this is kind of a consistent pattern with me and with all the clients that I've shared this with. 30% will say, well, you know, when I heard you speak, I kind of knew that I needed this. I knew that I was not really, you know, being as productive as I could be. I knew that I was kind of a hot mess when it came to this. So I was, Sarah, actually test driving and kicking the tires of what a working relationship with you might feel like. Now, the remaining 20%, we're just going to change names here throughout the whole thing. We're going to have a male organizer just to mix it up. Perfect. Well, Jim, you know, Jim, at the top of this call, I was in group one, but this conversation was so valuable that I now would like to talk to you about how we can bring you in and how I can hire you and how you might be able to help us with some of these issues. So 50% will say, no, thanks, just w window shopping. 30% will admit, will raise their hand and go, yes, I was you know, testing out what a working relationship with you would feel like. I was on the test drive. I was kicking the tires. And then 20%, if you're really helpful, really valuable, really generous with that 20 minutes of advice, they will say, you know what? I started out in camp one. I'm now in camp two. How do I hire you? What's the next step? How do, how do, how do we get going? And that's the key to turn speaking into clients. So, and you had a fancier term for it. I, I think I wrote it down, but there is a difference between lead generating speaking versus paid. I think I got that right. And Correct. you just kind of laid out for us, that's kind of a lead generation speaking yes. platform. Great. So then when do we know when that's appropriate versus charging for our time to bring the goods? Well, I would say anytime that you're in a target rich environment, where you've got a high degree of confidence that your next two, three, four clients are going to be in that audience, that would be a fantastic opportunity to do what I call a fee-waived speech. It's not free. Because oh, free is I like that. We value free. So every speaker, every organizer has a speaking fee. And I'll give you some advice on what that number should be here in a minute. Oh, but good. sometimes you might choose to waive your fee to get in front of that target-rich group. Now, there was some research done by Smart Meetings Magazine, and I'll summarize it for you real quick. The summary is, if you have a speaking fee that is below $4,500, meeting planners, conference producers, and association executives will consider you an amateur. Amateur speakers, beginning speakers, newbies and nobodies charge $1,000, $1,500, $2,500, $4,500 is the dividing line. Now, the reason I say this is a lot of people say, well, I've, I've never given a speech before. Can I charge $4,500? I say, you know what? Not only can you, but you have to. You have to. People think, oh, I'm going to price myself out of the market. And I say, well, no, you're going to price yourself out of the broke market, and you're going <laughs> to price yourself into the serious market. Now, when I started teaching and preaching this 10, 12 years ago, um, I was going on faith, and I was going on my experience. I was going on a handful of my clients' experiences. Now, fast forward to today, I will tell you that dozens and dozens and dozens of my speaker clients have reported back to me. I circled back with the meeting planner. I found out why they didn't hire me. They didn't hire me because I was too cheap. And it set off the alarms in their head. And the question became, well, if he's only two grand, how good can he be? If she's only 2,500, how good can she be? Because they're experienced buyers of speakers, and they know that the market rate, the market, I would say the market minimum wage for a paid professional speaker starts at $4,500. We talked about Toyota and BMW before. I'm not even talking BMW pricing. BMW pricing like $10,000, $12,000 for a speech. 
The Toyota is 4,500. If you're not at least the Toyota, like, what is this, a tricycle? What is this, like a, a, a broken old rusty bike? How good can she be? You don't want to be the how good can she be speaker. You want to be the trusted advisor, the genuine expert, and you must never let your speaking fee undermine the perception of your expertise. All right. I sounds good to me. And I'm sure our listeners are going to love the fact that this is another, this is another way to not only lead generate, but it's another way to make money in your business. Right. Sharing what you love doing and what you do day in and day out anyway. Right. right. Yeah, for sure. So where, where can we look for these opportunities? I'm sure they're everywhere, but if you've never, never even thought about this, where can we start looking? Sure. Well, I would look at uh, Google is your friend as always. Okay. And I would look at local groups, associations, meetups of your ideal target market. Now, what does okay. that mean? That means that you have to choose an ideal target market because there's no association of everybody and there's no meetup for everybody. But let's say that you realize, okay, I've got a big pharmaceutical company in my backyard. I'm in Northern New Jersey, let's say, and there's a whole bunch of big pharmaceutical companies up there. Who's typically a hot mess? You look in their office, you look in their car because they live out of their car typically. They're on the road at doctor's offices and hospitals and so forth. Look at their car, look at their trunk, look at their office, look at their computer. You will never see a bigger hot mess than most pharmaceutical reps. So now you go to the pharmaceutical reps local chapter association, right? And you figure out what are some adjacent associations and groups and where do these people go to hang out? I would even take this research online and say, what are the blogs, portals, and communities where the pharmaceutical sales reps hang out online, right? What groups they belong to on Facebook? Where are they on LinkedIn? Where do they comment and um, you know, post uh, on blogs and comments and submit questions on places like Quora? And just get marinated in that community so you can start speaking prospect language about prospect problems. And when you know that that pharmaceutical sales rep is missing sales and losing opportunities, because they're a hot mess and they can't put their hands on the paperwork and they've got 17,000 emails in their inbox and they have no idea how to quickly put their hands on a contract or a proposal or an order, you know they're in trouble and you know they need you. So imagine if you were the organizer that specialized in Northern New Jersey in pharmaceutical sales reps and that's all you did, breakfast, lunch, dinner, all day, every day, and you became known as the go-to person for that job, for those people, imagine how quickly your business would grow. Now, I can tell, I can hear, I can hear our listeners. They're already saying, but David, I'll be leaving so much money on the table. Uh -huh. If that's all I do, I'm never going to get the housewife. I'm never going to get the advertising executive. I'm never going to get you know, the guy that runs the local bank. Here's the mantra, my friends. Target what you want, and you can always take what comes. I'm never going to tell an organizer or a speaker or a consultant, no, no, don't take that check. Tell them that, I'm sorry, I can't take your $3,000 check. You're not in my target market. If it's good work that you want to do, and it comes in the side door, front door, back door, whatever door, take the money, do the gig. But as far as your proactive marketing, it is very hard to boil the ocean. The more you focus, the more you narrow that down, the easier it will get. It's like trying to find the center of the bullseye. Not just the bullseye, but like the dead center of the bullseye. 
aim for that, and then you're much more likely to hit the outside of the bullseye, and you're still right in the middle of the target. 100%. I love that. So let's say, okay, I, I know how much I should charge. I know where I should go and I should look. If they want to uh, make their marketing efforts on the speaking aspect of their business more robust, what should, they, what should we be putting on our website? Should we have a YouTube channel or giving examples? Sure. What, what does that look like for speakers? So, you know, it's so funny. A lot of people want to get booked to speak, either paid or unpaid, and you go to their website and it says home, services, blog, contact. It doesn't say speaking. It doesn't say speaking. So put a speaking tab on your website. I know this sounds ridiculously simple, but you'd be amazed. <laughs> And how many, because I work with accountants who speak, I work with lawyers who speak, I've had a couple of organizers in my program who speak, no speaking tab. Here's another soundbite, friends. Your buyers are lazy, busy, and befuddled. They are not going to be clicking around your website and figuring out, can I get her to speak or not? It needs to be in their face, easy and obvious. So speaking tab on the website, what's on that speaking tab is a description of your programs. You can have a simple downloadable PDF, doesn't have to be fancy, that's got your two or three programs and maybe five to six bullets about what each one contains. If you have some video, showcase the video. If you have speaking testimonials, even one or two or three, showcase those speaking testimonials and put yourself out there as not only the professional that you are, but also a professional who speaks. I love it. So... One more thing I can hear our listeners saying to us uh, in the future here when this airs is, but I'm scared. I have the love. I have the expertise. I've got it on my website, but I'm nervous to get up and speak in front of people. How does one practice that skill? So there, you probably do want to go to a group like Toastmasters. So Toastmasters is a very supportive, local, chapter-based. They're all over the country. They're all over the world, actually. Okay. And it is the number one kind of grassroots place. It's like a gym for speakers. So think about it as going to the gym. And first you pick up the, like little one pound weight, little one pound dumbbell, very easy, very supportive group. You get specific critiques and feedback and things you're doing right and some things you can improve. So if you are truly terrified of speaking, then obviously speaking might not be the first thing that you want to run out and do. But if you want to get better... <laughs> Yes. Overcoming some of that fear and being a little bit more confident before you deploy the speaking strategy. I can't, I can't recommend Toastmasters highly enough. I've got, I've got my professional speaker friends who charge $10,000, $20,000 for a paid professional speech. They're still a member of their Toastmasters chapter because they still want to go to the gym. They still want to get better. They still want to exercise those muscles. They don't want to let those muscles atrophy or get weak. So it's not just for newbies, but it's incredibly helpful for the newbie speaker who might have a case of nerves. You've given us so many pieces of advice that our listeners can implement right away, but I'm not a speaker, so I don't know what I don't know. Is there anything we haven't talked about that you think would be beneficial to our listeners? Sure. Well, can I share some resources with you? Please. Yes. Okay. So you were very kind and said, I got lost on your website. Wow, there's so much going on. So there is some free web training available to folks if they want to go to doitmarketing.com slash webinar. Uh, you mentioned the manifesto, and I am proud of that mm -hmm. manifesto. It's got a lot of good things. They're not just about speaking, but about marketing and sales yes. and the whole entrepreneurial journey. 
So that's at doitmarketing.com slash manifesto is the shortcut to that one. And of course, we also have our own podcast in addition to the amazing Stand Out podcast here. I've got a podcast called The Speaking Show and you can pop into that and give it a listen. All kind, I've got all kinds of speakers at all kinds of levels sharing all kinds of insights and wisdom. Uh, I aspire to be as good of an interviewer as Sarah. At some day, I'm going to grow up and be you. And uh, that is uh, called The Speaking Show. And you can also grab that on the website at doitmarketing.com slash podcast. So lots of free resources, lots of ways that I can help you at no cost. And uh, I encourage you to, to pop in and grab all that you can. That manifesto is, I was floored. I, at least I'm not even, you know, seriously, go get it, go download it. Um, okay, at the end of every episode here on Standout, we ask our guests, leave us with two sticky notes. You know us organizers, we love a good sticky note. So if our listeners were going to make two notes, put it on their office wall, so they get to the, do it by the end of the week. What are two things we should do by the end of the week to make a difference in our business today? On sticky note number one, I would like you to write down four words. The four words are offer value, invite engagement. If you don't like the word marketing, scratch the word marketing out of your vocabulary. You don't like sales, scratch the word sales out of your vocabulary. Everything that we do, online, offline, in person, on our blog, on our website, with our networking, with everything, offer value, invite engagement, and you will be successful. Post-it note number two. Yes. Post-it note, po note number two is if you do want to start a speaking strategy, which is good for all kinds of things. We talked about lead generation. We talked about revenue generation at that $4,500 fee. Even if you want to enhance and supplement your organizing income with four, six, $8,000 a month of speaking once or twice a month, that's not a bad gig, right? Post-it note number two, expertise and enthusiasm. And what, what that means is on a daily basis, grow your expertise, learn something new, connect with someone, uh, do an interview like we're doing here, right? Learn from your smart friends, go to your NAPO chapter meetings, stay connected to all the resources that NAPO has to offer, grow your expertise, and then also grow your enthusiasm. I know we've got some seasoned organizers that might be kind of, man, this is a grind that I'm making good money, but who I'm wearing myself out. Reconnect to the joy and the enthusiasm and the excitement of when you first started your business. And that's going to drive you through to your next level of success. I love that reconnect because that, that can happen to a lot of us, you know, five, six years in business. It's you kind of lose sight of your why. And I think reconnecting is super important. Uh, this episode was, as I thought it would be, epic. Uh, David, thank you so much for your time. Um, we will have in our show notes how to get connected with you and where to find that manifesto and all those goodies that David just left us with. So fear not if you are driving and you didn't pull over, they will be in the notes for you. But listeners, how, how about you? What are you going to do today, this week to make a change in your business so that you can stand out as the organizer or the productivity specialist in your area, in your state, in the country? I mean, there really are no limits to what you can do when you're an entrepreneur and you're the, your own boss in your business. I love the, just the simple task of adding speaker to my website do a little homework. What am I going to offer? And then boom, I'm a speaker because I say that I am and I have the love for organizing and I have the enthusiasm to share it. 
So I want to know how you're going to own that. Let us know. We want to celebrate with you. I'm Sarah Karakay, and that wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Thank you for being here with me and for learning with me. If you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with those nuggets of inspiration or something valuable, which I know there's no way you didn't in this episode, leave us a review, hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as humanly possible. So in addition to subscribing and leaving us a review, would you mind sharing this with your team, your colleague, a friend, anyone who might benefit? I look forward to hanging out with you next time, and I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning. Bye.